Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Miss Kaylee. Um, I hope you're all well. Um, just before we start, um, this week we were supposed to be doing the Ghoulie episode, but in light of everything that's going on um, in regards to the Naya Rivera situation and um, just ensuring that we're being sensitive to that situation and, and the things revolving that, we are not going to be doing that episode this week or in the near future. Um, we both discussed, we, we hope that the situation turns out um, for the best, as best as it possibly can, and we are thinking of Naya Rivera and her family and those who are close to her, and um, yes, so instead this week we will be going on to the One Direction episode. Okay, so let's begin with the One Direction episode. <laughs> Can't believe we're here already. We're here already, we're here already, we've escalated to the 1D. <laughs> Times already. Um, I don't really know how to start the One Direction episode. I um, think because it's just so much swimming around in my head. I feel like I'd love to interview you Shut about up, um, please. Your... <laughs> okay, so I am curious. I do know a lot about your obsession. Yes. Shall, may I refer to it as such? I think that it would be appropriate. <laughs> um, but I, I think we haven't. I haven't asked you about it in. In my my later years, I feel yes. like I'm just fully aware of it. We just we coexist with your obsession, mm-hmm. and we make room. Um, but I am I am curious. So, um, we would have been. Tell me how old were we? When we would have been twelve, twenty, thirteen. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That was right around the time of Glee as well. Yeah, you? you had a lot going on. I really, my brain was busy, and Hunger Games was in there. Hunger Games was about to come out. Oh my God. Did you have a Hunger Games phase? You've mentioned in every podcast. Yes, I did have a Hunger Games I phase. Like I missed that along with the dinosaurs. Yeah, I think that. Um, um, what am I saying? I think that One Direction overtook the Hunger Games phase, but I went to see Hunger Games by myself. Like I. I loved the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I, any kind of fad yeah. I was there for. <laughs> I can feel it. So we would have been, okay, 12, 13. Do you recall when you first became aware of One Direction? I do. I do. Um, so I got Twitter um, when I was too young. So young so that when I entered my birthday about a year ago into the Twitter app, I actually got blocked. Do you remember I had to make a new Twitter? Yeah, I do. Because they shut my Twitter down because then they knew that I was 11 when I had made it. So I had to send a picture of my mum's ID to prove that like I had parental permission at the time when I didn't. They shut you down because but, you were 11. Because I was 11. Because <laughs> I was 11 when I fell in love with 1D. Um, yeah, so I had um, Twitter when I was 11. So I would have been yeah, year 7 going into year... Oh no, 12, sorry. Year 7 going into year 8. And I got it because I really liked Justin Bieber. How the tables have turned. I really liked Justin Bieber. And I knew that there was like a Twitter community mm-hmm. for Justin Bieber. And I think that my first username was like, Caleb's Bieber or something. <laughs> like, something silly. Um, but I remember they used to have these things called headlines. And I don't know if you had Twitter back then. It was like headlines. And when you were looking at on your desktop... Um, it would be the most popular tweets of the day would flash past. I got Twitter because I thought that I could speak directly to Amanda Bynes. <laughs> I like... What? I didn't, I didn't understand. Is dogs again? I didn't understand how Twitter worked. And so when I saw that she had tweeted, I was like, we're talking. <laughs> and I remember telling my mum that I was talking to Amanda Bynes. She thought you were being groomed. <laughs> no, and then she was like... I don't think so. And I was like, I am. You don't understand how Twitter works, mother. 
Yeah, and then the next people that I followed were the Glee cast. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was I was <laughs> shortly behind you. <laughs> well, they used to have this thing called headlines, and it would flash the most popular tweets of the mm. day. Your nails look really good. Thank you. They're actually um, Harry Styles inspired. Harry Styles had these colours on his nails for the Met Gala. They look so nice. Thank you. So, sorry. Just to uh, reiterate, the obsession has still continued. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and... The most popular tweets of the day kept flashing through and there was this one guy who I still remember his picture. So he was really tanned and he had aviator sunglasses on Mm. and he had a bit of a swoop. And I remember thinking like, oh, he's pretty cute. Mm. Like just from his little tiny display picture. Mm. And his tweets were really funny. Like he just seemed like a really funny person and they were always on these headlines. And so I clicked on it on the profile and it was Louis Tomlinson's profile. I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was Louis' profile, and he was constantly adding, like, tagging, mentioning, whatever it's called on Twitter, mentioning, um, Harry Styles, at Harry underscore Styles. And I was like, oh, who is this? Clicked on that and was like, oh, like a bit of that. Give him a follow. So I followed the two of them. And then I put together that they were in a band. Mm. And so then I followed One Direction and Liam and Zayn and Niall. And it kind of snowballed from there mm-hmm. because um, they had obviously been – on Twitter since they'd started X Factor, so in 2010, and I found them in 2000, like early 2011. So they had like a backlog of tweets, and then I kind of YouTube them, and then I found out, like I found them on X Factor, and I watched all their performances and all of their interviews, and it just fell into a hole. Like, mm-hmm. and then it completely just... And you have not come out. I have not cr- <laughs> crawled out of there since. It just completely took over my, like, my life and my interests. Mm -hmm. Like, I just remember the feeling of watching their interviews and their videos. I was so, like, so happy. Like, a type of joy (laughs) that you can only, like, kind of Mm -hmm. equate to being, like, a child. Like, it was was so joyful, like, watching them. Um, And, yeah, it kind of then just trickled into every day. I became more obsessed with them and... At the time, they didn't have any singles. They had nothing. It was just, like, they had released What Makes You Beautiful in the UK and America. It hadn't come out in Australia yet. So I had to record it on my voice notes, on my, my MacBook. The desperation. Mm-hmm. So when I would be in the car with my mum, <laughs> I would put it on the aux cord and then play from my voice notes where you could hear, like, the doors opening in the background uh, and me, like, coughing and slight squeals. Um, and then... And then they eventually released Na Na Na. <laughs> like, that one came first. And then What Makes You Beautiful came out. I didn't know that. Yeah, Na 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 came first. And then I bought the ringtone, and that's still my ringtone. And know, yeah. Yeah, and then kind of just continued on from there. Okay, so do you think... How much do you think that... And feel free not to answer any of these questions. Oh, no, please. You should see my notes. I'm very <laughs> delving very deep into the psychology behind it. Yeah, okay. Well, do you think that your um, attachment to them had anything to do with your... The fact that you were, would have been 13 or whatever and, like, your sexuality would have been developing, right, at that time? For sure. For sure. I think that, like... Obviously, when you're little, you have, like, crushes and stuff. But there was, like, this feeling... And I'm sure that a lot of people who... Idolize any kind of celebrity in their teens, but particularly those I know those people who idolized One Direction. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of lived the same life, like the yeah. same story. Yeah. Um, I loved them. Like I truly like with my whole fucking yeah. self. Yeah. 
loved them and cared about them. And like, do you know what? Wh- like, obviously, I understand because I've had the same experience. Yeah. And, um, but like, do you do you know why? Do you know like how that happened to you? I think that so I've kind of like noted in my head, like as an adult, as I've thought about it, a lot of it was um, self image related, which sounds like a cop out, and it sounds like. <laughs> like in the 1D movie where she's like I know they love me even, even though they, they don't know me. me yeah that that is iconic line I hope she's doing well she's she's a legend I just want to clarify that I'm not a One Direction fan even though it sounds like I am you know this all is, of the quotes yeah this is just Kaylee's doing please yes. continue um yes I'm my self image was very much like impacted during that time I think just from self like not mm-hmm. liking yourself and not yeah. liking the way that you look or the way that you sound or the way that you people perceive you and I could safely and without consequence place my attention and affection on five people who had mm. no idea who I was. Yeah. There was no chance of them rejecting me. Yeah. No chance of them looking at you or talking to you and going, eh, no thank you. Because yeah. they have no one-sided. idea that you exist. It's completely one-sided. Mm. But all those feelings of like affection and want and like, you know, you want their attention. You want boys to look at you and boys to like you. Mm. I could put that onto someone else without the fear of being rejected. Mm-hmm. So I never ever really had crushes on boys at school because I was like, eh, mm. yeah, you no thank you. Because <laughs> you have something so much better. Exactly. I have someone who you will never, you will never meet my expectations because you are not nineteen and in a boy band. Do you think that what you just said has an impact on your life now? That your formative like. For sure. Yeah, you have these incredibly high expectations because you they're, they're obviously heavily flawed, but you never see it. For sure. I think that less so now, it's like the expectation. Like, I know that, like, I'm an adult. Like, I yeah. know that, you know, there is absolutely... And I knew even as a teenager, there was absolutely zero chance, like, ever, ever. And and my relationship with them now mm-hmm. isn't, isn't kind of a romantic relationship. Yeah. I'm not kind yeah. of seeking out that kind of romantic side yep. of it as I was when I was a teenager but um even with Harry Styles which is quite shocking oh. um yeah um I think that at the time it was like easy it was a cop out because like I said I didn't have to be rejected and so I never actually I didn't experience what that was like yeah, okay. to kind of put yourself out on a limb and get rejected and realize that's not the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. or like put yourself out on a limb and like fall in love mm-hmm. and have a boyfriend at 15 and like live your lives happily. Blah. Sorry. Gross. Um, <laughs> exactly. Hey, just vomiting. Yes. <laughs> but that has followed me into my adult life because I still now, because I didn't experience those experience those things as a teenager when the, the um, stakes weren't as high, I mm-hmm. suppose. Mm-hmm. Now as an adult, I'm like, Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Stakes are too high. Yeah. I'm 23. If, someone rejects me, I'll fucking disappear. Like, I cannot. I can't deal with it. So, I think that unbeknownst to One Direction, they have definitely affected my ability to make relationships with others. That's really interesting. Um, do you... So, I... Um, obviously, at this time, I was I was interested in Glee, and mm-hmm. I remember that reading um, fan fiction back then about um two of the female characters yeah i was doing that before i had any inkling that i wanted to read it because i'm a raging homosexual i, I just <laughs> was like i just i didn't remember how i found it but i know that reading that was 
the beginning of me realizing I'm gay and is something that I will still like go back to. So that's definitely made like an imprint in my mind. Mm-hmm. You would have been. I know that you were reading because actually. I think you and our friend that was also really obsessed with them were the reason I knew that fan fiction exists because mm-hmm. you were like, this is what it is. And I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah. And then I obviously, did, I don't remember how I did my own digging, found my gay shit and was like, oh, because um, I remember you, you guys reading it out one night mm-hmm. at my house and I was like, this is odd. Um, but did you, did you read that stuff? And do you think that like, did you, was that a means of like developing your sexuality further or were you one of those people that just wanted to read like the fluff and the romance or were you more like me and you wanted to read the smut and the angst? I loved the angst. Yeah. I loved the angst. There was this thing called Dark Harry. One more question. <laughs> yeah. I totally know what that means. Um, did you read the gay stuff? No. Okay. No. And I think that that was a lot to do with like, I didn't. Like, that whole Larry Salinson thing, isn't it? Probably yeah. could be an entire podcast in itself. But I think that I didn't want to um, not buy into that, but feed that. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that it was... Well, I felt that it was making them very uncomfortable. But then, also, was young girls running fanfiction about them. That was mm. making them very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, like, they voiced it. Haha, we don't like it. Please don't do it. Like, right. yeah. I don't like it. But I was like, ha Whatever. So they didn't even like the ones that were like imagines and stuff like that. They didn't, they didn't, no, it made them uncomfortable. Like I remember seeing interviews and feeling guilty and being like, oh. Oh, (laughs) I think they could get over some imagines. I think that now they are just like, it's part of it. Exactly. At the time, I think that the interview that I'm thinking of, they were like, uh, I think it was Greg James or something, asked them, like, what's the naughtiest thing you've ever seen on the internet or something? And then Harry said, like, oh, some of those fan fictions are, like, really intense. And everyone was like, oh, my God, he's seen them. It was like, of course he's yeah. seen them. Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I was, a, I was a dark Harry girl myself. <laughs> yeah. Have been a Harry girl from the get-go. So I'm assuming dark Harry is, like, the... The dark version of Harry. Yeah. Is he a bit of a dick in those? Absolutely. Yeah. He's mean. He doesn't talk to people. Does he wear he eyeliner? Things. Yeah, he's got tattoos. Well, Harry does have tattoos, but this guy's got tattoos. He's got piercings. Oh, I've seen the edits. Yeah. Right. I, I liked the dark Harry. Um, that kind of weaned off because I was like, no, regular Harry. Be Harry's. nice to me. Yeah, regular Harry's actually. I quite like him. He's all right. <laughs> um, but I only ever read Harry fan fiction. Oh, well, why would you waste your time? No yeah. offence, but... And even when the others were mentioned, I didn't like it. I just wanted to be what you wanted <laughs> to be. They're yeah. like, and then Niall, and I was like, no, no, no. I'm just going to pretend he's not in that. Yeah, I would never read stuff, because I just wanted to read, like, Pesberry. I'm not going to explain what that shit is, but... Um, <laughs> And if there were anything like, oh, it's Pesberry and a bit of Faberry, I'd be like, no, no I don't I just want, want what I want. I want that specific thing that I'm after. Yeah, and give it to me. Give it just to me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I liked, I liked reading the fanfiction because, again, it was like another way to kind of immerse yourself in that universe, which mm-hmm. I suppose for One Direction is slightly different from Glee because Glee was a fictional universe. Yeah. But... One Direction were real people. It's a bit confusing. It's, there's a thin, there's a there's a kind of a dodgy line there, yeah. but um, yeah, I did I did enjoy the fan fiction, and even as an adult, like oh, I flicked yeah. through and I've been like, oh, that's an interesting. I one. always look for like well read stuff. Like yeah. when Blingy came out, I was like, oh, it's probably some good because I had an older audience. And yeah, it's, I think like personally that is, um, that's I would rather read like. I don't know what it's called erotica because it's not like typical erotica, but I would rather read something like that about these characters that I already have a relationship yeah. with and these people that you already have a relationship with rather than 
engage in something where it's it's completely disconnected and stuff like I think because I did that at a young age it influenced how I would like to experience romance and Mm -hmm. sex I guess Mm -hmm. yeah I think that like it was such a for a young person to read like some of the stuff that was getting written probably shouldn't have written it because it was very much like Whoa! <laughs> we did mention last week. Did we cut it out about? Um, yeah, we yeah. did. There were some like fan fictions that were just completely inappropriate <laughs> to the point where it was. I was surprised that charges were not pressed <laughs> because it was just interesting what you can do. Legally. Oh my god! Like ones that would make you make your stomach turn and make you yeah. feel sick. Um. Anyway, and again, I think like as I got older, and as they got older, yeah, and you saw more adult. Mm. They weren't cheeky boys. Like, yeah. that was kind of how they were marketed as when, when I was a young teenager. It's like, they're cheeky, they're, like, funny, they're a bit edgy, mm-hmm. their music is a bit edgy. It's kind of, kind of like a rock kind of twist to it. Um, but as they got older, you could see that they were kind of becoming disillusioned with it all. They were a bit like, this is fun, but I'm like, I've had enough yeah. now. And the sexualization of particularly... Harry, from a very young age, started to disturb me the older yeah, that I got. they look like babies when you look back. Yeah. Oh, he was 17. That's a baby. When he was, when he was, like, this is something I'm very passionate about. <laughs> when he was skyrocketed in kind of the world stage. Like, when they won X Factor, he was 16. And so they were popular they in the UK. They X Factor, oh, Kaylee. Oh, my God, they came third. I cannot believe I said that. I love that you corrected me. <laughs> when they came third on X Factor... Harry was only 16 and they were mostly just popular in the UK. And then when they kind of became more popular in the UK and their tweets kind of come to dwindle everywhere else, um, he was 17. Mm-hmm. And that's hyper-sexualization of the whole band, but particularly him, was very disturbing. At the time, I, con- I consumed it and I was like, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. Give me more. Tell me who he's with. He had a 32-year-old relationship, whether or not that was his girlfriend, I don't know, um, which then really heavily impacted her career mm-hmm. and subsequently, and I'm not saying it is a result of this at all, but the kind of media backlash that began from that continued on into her career and she actually ended up committing suicide wow. recently, Caroline Flack, recently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the media backlash from that kind of never stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, what their relationship was, no one will ever know, like... And this is obviously them and their close friends and family. But at the time, I was so consumed by it too. And I was like, this is crazy. Mm. Like, 32-year-old woman and a 17-year-old boy. Mm. Which is, my personal opinion, is quite disturbing. <laughs> but they, they were like... It's not good. It's not good. But at the time, it was excused away as, oh, he's mature for his age. And he's really charming. And if you met him, then you'd know. Like, yeah. it was really played off as flirty banter and, like oh, he's much more grown up than he seems. From a very young... Like, from 17, that was kind of his image. And as the years went on, that stayed. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the fact that he dated women his own age seemingly after that, he still had that kind of image of womanizer and cougar chaser and and all that kind of stuff. You're right. I feel like I'm aware of that. And even now, he's not as sexualized because I think a lot of his fan base grew up, but the media still very much so kind of hold on to that and a lot of like his fans I saw a tweet the other day a lot of his fans like tweeted he was talking about how he was some tweet from a, I think it was a Daily Mail or something was saying that he was trying to get back with an ex-girlfriend and someone 
replied to them and was like, we literally don't care. Like, this isn't 2012. No yeah. one cares. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, but I remember, like, as I got older, kind of realising consciously that, that this is really fucked up. Like, yeah. the whole situation here, what I'm admiring and what I've loved and cared about for so long is very flawed. <laughs> Sorry, just kind of word vomited at you. No, no. I was <laughs> laughing because your face just dropped at the end. I didn't know why. Because um, I kind of realised it again. I, from the outside, um, those fans were disturbingly ravenous. Mm. Um, and I felt irrational anger towards them. Just, like, seeing that kind of thing from the outside. I think I felt very, like, um, self-righteous and... Because I'm a music fan, like this isn't how fans should behave and stuff like that. And I'm a I'm a Glee fan, and like this is these fans are fucking insane. <laughs> but looking back, I am still a bit like there were a lot of girls that um, did some really fucking weird shit, yeah. really fucked up shit that I don't think, like I think it collided with like the social media era and the Tumblr era and the fandom era and all of that stuff. Because I was never really in a fandom; I just watched you be in one, um, <laughs> and I feel like that was just like incredibly toxic and just odd very odd from the outside and i think people thought there were no consequences oh for to sure anything that they could say disgusting things and horrible things about and it just yeah the things they would say about their girlfriends and mm. um the one perry from little mix oh yeah all that stuff i remember all that stuff and i was just like why do you want to like it made me angry that you wanted to associate with people that would say such things because i was just like this is monstrous and yeah just damaging why because from my perspective, and this is something that, like, I've talked about. I've talked about since on many other podcasts that I've been on, but I've <laughs> talked about it in general conversation. I used to be a huge Taylor Swift fan, mm-hmm. right? I love Taylor Swift. When I saw her live and devoured her music and wore her merch and just idolized Taylor Swift. She used to sing her songs, sing singing competitions and all that kind of stuff. And then pictures came out of her and Harry Styles walking in Central Park. And you're mad. And I fucking hated her like I don't understand like I do kind of now as an adult but at the time I was like I really really cared about Taylor Swift and like Mm. respected her and the fact that even just a picture of them holding hands in Central Park sent me into such a rage Mm. (laughs) like a jealous rage it's insane It, it actually is insane but it's I don't, I don't know what it was. And I didn't like her then for like two years. Wow. Cause I was like, no, like my loyalty to the woman who had like, you know, formed my musical opinions mm-hmm. from like nine to 11. Like I loved her so you much. You recorded one of her songs. Seriously. I loved her so much and I really respected her. But the minute she was seen with someone that I found desirable or that I felt I had a possessiveness or a connection mm-hmm. to hated her. Absolutely hated her guts. Oh, God. And then she released 1989, and I was like, bitch, I love you. Like, I love you so much. I love you. And I love Taylor Swift. I love her so much. And I feel ba- I feel guilty. She's not going to know it's okay. But it's like that feeling of, like, I didn't betray Taylor Swift, but, like... Betrayed your own femininity. Yeah, betrayed my femininity, and, like, I would never do that to a friend, so why don't I do it to Taylor Swift? It is really weird. It's, it is... I never had that. I don't know if it's... I don't know if other gay women have had that, but I've never had that thing. I don't know if that's like a hetero complex or something mm. for women to do that. I think it's I'm sure gay women go crazy in the same way, but just growing up, if I saw that a woman that I had a thing for was with a man or someone else, I was just kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think that a lot of 
the One Direction kind of my kind of feelings throughout One Direction it did come from a place of possessiveness. Oh, I, would I was completely incredibly, agree. incredibly possessive, and everybody who listened to One Direction to the same degree as mm. I did, or um, with the same kind of overzealous vigor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same sort of vigor felt the same. Like there was a group of girls at our school, and we were like. Mm. No one else can talk about One Direction except us, and we can only talk yep. about it with each other. Yeah. And if anyone else brings it up, they're wrong. They're wrong. I You're not allowed to have opinions about it. I think that that um, is, is two things. I think that that is like a just a, another level to when people discover like an underground band mm. and they're like mine and then they get famous and you're like oh now everyone knows them and they don't get it in the same way it's like that but on steroids for sure and then I also think that that was evident in the way that um, I wanted to critique One Direction's music because I thought it was not very good now I still don't think it was very good but I I would bop along and I'll sing along they were working like, with what they had yeah I'll sing along and I like to look at it from like a, what was going on with their career and why do they sound like this and pumping out so many songs all that stuff but at like 15 I was just kind of like Kaylee this is bad music do you actually like this music and the fury at me saying it was bad or just like the diff- and I would be like I just don't think you think it's that good I think it was yeah I think it was just because of something I enjoyed so yeah, much yeah. that it was like don't turn this into a negative. Like, don't turn this into yeah, something that I is, might not like. Yeah, I feel like there's depend no, on it so much. no room for any other opinion. No. Because then you might think, like, oh, this song is a bit shit. And yeah. then what? Like, the whole fabric of your yes. universe. Absolutely. There's some shit songs. They, none of them had anything to do with the writing so of Up All Night. Syndrome is a banger. Oh, oh no, those later albums. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I just wanted to... I felt bad. I felt like I had to make it better just then. Thank you so much. But Harry Styles true. wrote that, so there we go. And I do really like <laughs> Harry Styles' music. Yes. Oh, so do I. He's great. Um. Yeah, that kind of possessiveness kind of, like, was across the board. Like, literally no one could even talk about them. I was like, right. okay, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, it was like... Very, very That's intense. my thing, and you cannot have anything to do with it. And it was like, if you anyone else takes it, they're going to ruin it. They're going to yeah. ruin what I think about and how I feel about very it. Very intense way to live. Very intense way to live for I get a 15-year-old. Like, yeah. I wish I could say, oh, I was 13. Absolutely not. This, this went 16. from 13 to... The obsessiveness was about 16. It tapered off when I got old enough, but for three years, it was, in, like, everything I talked about, everything I thought about, everything I was, like... It made you a struck little bitch. Oh, absolutely. Just thinking, I just, um, I don't know, he must have just been, like, constantly defending them, it would be tiring. Yeah, and at the time, it was dismissed, like, and a lot of young people, and particularly young women, can probably relate to this. You find something that you like... Then you find something that you care about and then it gets dismissed as something that little girls are interested in. Or something yeah. that little girls like. Or something that, oh, it's just a girl thing. Yeah. Like, it was constantly getting dismissed by, like, everyone around me. And it was mm. like, no, you don't understand. Like, I get that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was yeah. so frustrating because it was like, you do not get it. Even though people have those kinds of relationships and obsessions with lots of different things. But for me, it was manifested in one direction. And, like, my brother would dismiss it. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, you don't. I get it. Get it. You have no clue what's going on inside of my head. Like, I remember um, when I was having vocal lessons back when I was like 15, I wanted to learn um, uh, Naya Rivera's cover of mine in Glee. Oh, yeah. Because I was simultaneously going through a country phase. Yes. So that was really, <laughs> really nice. Um, and I remember my singing teacher, when I was like, oh, it's the Glee version, she was like, well, this is all auto-tuned. And I was like... <laughs> 
shut up. What? <laughs> she was like, this is all, like, all, like, listen to this. And then she was pulling up, like, other songs and stuff like that. And I was 15. I didn't really understand what auto meant except fake and Kesha. Mm. So I was just like, yeah. Um, and as I am now in the industry, yes, there has been definite modulation and um, <laughs> auto tune, but a lot of the a lot of those vocalists are fucking outstanding, and I wish now I could be like, you know what, <laughs> shut up. But yeah, I I went home and I was upset, and I was like, yeah. this is not real. Like that's not their voices, and I was I was so sad, and I wish someone could have been like, no, it is. Some of them are just bad. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, hurt by it. Like yeah, so to get hurt by yeah, the criticism yeah. and be like. We don't understand what they mean to me. Like yeah. if you're saying that to to about them, it's you're saying about me. To me. Yeah. yeah, and it was the yeah the psychology behind it is so strange and twisted. And like they did a little snippet of it in the one D movie where they talked about yeah. serotonin. But they only did. I would have loved a whole documentary on that. Oh seriously, like I still would please please someone out there make it. I'm happy to do another interview. Like <laughs> we should get you in there. Um, yes, but. As I got older, as I said, as I got to, like, 16, the connection with them wasn't so much, like, romantic anymore. It was kind of, like, they, even now as an adult, and particularly with Harry Styles, and that will kind of, I don't think that will ever change, but there's an emotional dependency side of it now. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know who I am or how to process things without that kind of presence in my life. Like, cause it was there to, through formative years and formative relationships yeah, and that. huge moments in my life that it's like, Oh, I don't really know what to do. Like, without, like if, even in now when we were spent our time in not isolation, cause we weren't isolated, but social distancing and everything was stressful and like work was stressful and not seeing friends is really hard. I fell right back into mm. One Direction phase. Like, I fell right back into was watching their videos on YouTube, like, old interviews, getting more into the other's solo stuff, because I was mostly just into Harry's, and really delving deep, like, deep back into that, because it was, like, oh, yes, comforting. comfort and security, yeah. and I know who I am now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, I mean, I do it all the time. I remember when um, Tether played, like, their first festival, which is binging Glee during the day, and, like, mm. I do it with other shows as well, um... But just, like, you want to just go into something that's comfortable, and I think it transports you, Mm -hmm. like, especially, like, a particular era of One Direction's career or whatever will take you back to that age, and it's like, oh, safe, 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 safe. I'm at home in my bedroom, and I'm just safe now. That's what I feel, and, like, if I'm on my way somewhere, like, I want to listen to, like, if I'm nervous on a way to a show or something, I want to listen to, like, Carrie Underwood, or just something that's so removed from, like... What you're about to do. (laughs) Yeah, something you listened to when you were 15, because it's just, like, there are no worries here. I'm safe now at 15. Everything's totally fine. I think it's a lot to do with that, and I think, like, that's the same reason people watch, like, even, like, cartoons and stuff like that. It's just, like, a heightened version of... It's a different world. Yeah. And when it's real people in a show, or when it's real, real people, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this, this is so real it's yeah a whole other universe and like part of me feels guilty and obviously they have no fucking clue but part of me feels guilty that so much of myself and like so much of my emotional like kind of stability during those years was placed on five other people who didn't had no clue but then it was kind of like i wasn't the only one like people's emotional stability was dependent on what yeah. they were doing who they were with, when they were touring, when they, like, people, like, there are stories all over the world of, like, people who 
were going to commit suicide and then One Direction said that they were coming to their city for a tour date and that kept them alive. I don't know. I think I'm like, smiling, but I think I'm also cringing. No, but that's it. It's like, that's the thing. It's, it's that pressure for like when, like I said, 17, 18, 19, when they started between 17 and 19, like when they first like, that kind of pressure for a teenager mm-hmm. is horrific <laughs> it's amazing that they could like save lives and stuff like that and i think like a lot of music does but mm. i feel like this is not that this isn't someone like hearing a one direction song being like oh this speaks to my soul it's yeah the, no <laughs> it's the, yeah it's them existing it's their presence and them being close is yeah enough, is yeah and that kind of thing is scary because i wonder like how close those kinds of people were to actually doing that and how much of it is not to say that it's not real, but how much it would be dramatized by a fan mm-hmm. and how much of that is real and either way it's scary. It's frightening. Yeah. Like it's the pressure that I can imagine was on them and, and Harry since like done interviews in, in his um like behind the album thing for his first album, he said that for so for five for five years it was just pressure. Mm. And he said it was good pressure, but it was pressure nonetheless. Like it was just constant. And like I said, f- from an older perspective now that whole situation like there is a huge part of me that it's their 10 year anniversary on july the 23rd mm. this year and there's a huge part of me that's like oh i want them to reunite but then the other part of me is like no that was not a that was not a good environment for mm. them to be in there is a reason that one of them left there's mm-hmm. a reason that zane left like that he can't perform right and he hasn't since. Mm. He hasn't since. I think he tried and he had to cancel. Mm-hmm. Like, truthfully, out of all of them, I've kind of kept up with Zayn Less because I think I was quite um, mad <laughs> for a couple of years. I was like, well, how dare you? He has but some good songs he does. across those records. He really does. And he has some awful ones. He but they're, a, they're Rainberry, not a bad song. I can't think of that Rainberry. That wasn't helpful. <laughs> um, but I think it's called Rainberry, and it's on that album... I think it's an A. Acur- oh, it sounds like Acarius or something? Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. That album. And then, I can't remember the one that I really like on this other album where his baby face Yes, is that is a very cute picture. Oh, he's yeah. oh, lit up. Like, this oh. room just sparkling. <laughs> Do you think that you would have been different if they hadn't existed? Yeah. In what way? I think that I would have been more confident, honestly. Oh no, in a in a good way. Yeah, like oh. not in a like in a sad way. Like oh, I have no confidence. But it's like no, I didn't. Oh, need... you don't. You definitely do. That's yeah, I <laughs> like I, I could have been way more confident. Yeah. And um, I think that the fact that I had some someone something to retreat to, and I was like, this is all that much. I'm not gonna see this through. I'm actually going home yeah. to watch One Direction or. Like, yeah, confident in my relationships with other people, yeah, I'd okay. say. More so, not in so much confidence in myself, but yep, confidence with relationships and other people. Um, I also think that I wouldn't be as funny. <laughs> I was wondering if you thought that it would affect your humour because yeah, I was thinking, my personality. I was thinking about the times that, particularly when we've been with our friends, how they've been like, ah, ha, ha, like, oh, Kaylee would love this. Like, when you're not there and people say, Kaylee would love this, it's... It's like One Direction theme. There was something, I don't remember what it was the other day, and someone was just like, oh, I think I said it. I was like, oh my god, Kaylee's going to be so excited. And they're like, right? Oh yeah, this is, we were listening to a perth band, and they sounded like 1975. And we were like, oh, we're cool to play And then we were all just like, Kaylee. So, but that's that's different. That's a different obsession. Um, But yeah, I wondered if you, I think he would still be as funny. I think you just wouldn't have this particular brand of 
um, truthful satire <laughs> to like fall back on. I genuinely think that um, you were funny before it. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, I was so super funny. I'm the funniest person. No, no. I you think I'm much funnier than I am, but I'm not. Like that I'm funny. not alone in my opinion. <laughs> um, I think that genuinely being a part of the One Direction fandom literally made my personality what it is because it was such a brutal, brutal mm. kind of environment. It was like, if you're not funny, you're out. Like, if you can't, if you don't have something to offer, you're out. That's, I wouldn't have been okay in that like, situation. I had a Tumblr and stuff. Yeah, and, I remember um, your Tumblr. That was my first introduction to I Tumblr. I posted um, a post about Harry. So I with Harry. I can't remember what it was. I got hundreds of notes and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I am I'm a comedic genius and everyone loves my 1D blog because yeah. I'm just hilarious. Do you still have it? No, I deleted it. Oh. I deleted it because I was paranoid that it was going to get linked to me somehow. I went through a really, like, um, paranoid <laughs> stage and I deleted, I deleted everything. I remember you worrying people at school were going to find your Tumblr and I was like, Yeah, Stop. I was super paranoid and I had the sticker of my camera and yeah, yeah. <laughs> super, super paranoid. Haha. <laughs> that was anxiety. <laughs> Since found out that was anxiety. Sorry, I'm giggling so much. It just, oh, but it's, it was really kind of like it literally deleted everything. I just remember. I just remember. <laughs> I just remember you saying these things, and I was like, I think it's gonna be fine though. And I was like, no. Like I deleted. I blocked people. Like I yeah. just no. Nah, couldn't do it. Couldn't handle the stress. Couldn't handle the pressure of being Tumblr famous for hundred nights. Couldn't do it. Um, but yes, back to your original question. I do think that I would be different. Um, not necessarily in a better way or a bad way like, just, in a just way. kind of just, just different just different we do talk you I, I think you bring them up every day absolutely there either has not been and this is going to sound fake and it's gonna sound like I'm exaggerating but there has not been a day since 2011 that I have not listened to a One Direction song or a Harry Styles song Shitting not a single day I don't day. think there's an artist I've done that with not a single day like I'm t- I can say that with confidence. Have you not had a day where you haven't listened to music? No. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But it would be like one, it would be like kiss you. Like Let me 30 kiss seconds. You. Not even the whole way through. 30 seconds while I'm doing something and then turn it off. Or like a YouTube video watching them perform. Like Okay. Every single day since 2011, since I found them in 2011, I can guarantee you. Say that with confidence, which is fucking psychotic. I'm proud of you. Thank you. But we were laughing before... That every time you look at my what's listening on Spotify page, it's oh. a, it's a hard stuff. Every stuff. time, it's like Cherry, it's She, it's fucking. Sometimes to, to I be just, so lonely. Sometimes I don't even look. Yeah, I'm like, I know what she's know. doing. Yeah, you know, and recently it's been Niall. I notice. Mm, I do love Niall. Mm, I just don't know if um, I believe you. I love him <laughs> so much. I just wanted. To I was offended. I was like, you mean? I love him so much. Um, but like. Again, not romantically. It's not... Again, I don't no, but it's, romantically desire No, that. but it's, it is genuinely someone... I saw a TikTok of it, of this girl called Brittany Brosie, who okay. I adore. Um, but she was, like, trying to explain it. And she goes, and I was relating so much with her. Because she was like, it's not an, a romantic kind of obsession anymore. It's not like you're 15 and you're like, oh, he's so cute. He's yeah. so hot. I love him so much. It's like, wow, you're a... I don't know you personally. Is it pride? It's like, I'm so proud of you. Like, look right. at you. Like, look at what you're doing and how nice you are to people. And look how much everyone else loves you as much as I loved you. Like, it is pride. And it's and it's that kind of um, admiration. Yeah. That, yeah, admiration of 
who they are and what they've done since and you know feeling feeling for them and you know mm. a lot of them have gone through, through some very very difficult things since particularly Louis has gone through some very mm. very difficult things since they broke up and kind of as a fan base everyone has kind of not I don't want to say sympathise because of course you're going to sympathise with someone going through that but has kind of felt that mm. alongside you know like obviously not to the same degree as him losing his family members but it's kind of grieved that also because yeah. it's kind of like oh they're not untouchable it's not a they're not like on a pedestal and all yeah. these you know these people who nothing bad ever happens to they're people and it's yeah. kind of as their fan base has gotten older and they've gotten older it's kind of on a mutual kind of ground now for a lot some people are still absolutely psychotic yes I um when you were saying about the pride thing I was, when I was obsessed with Victorious, Yeah. which I actually thought we should maybe talk about at some point. I love Victorious. I know, and you did not. I had to convince Kaylee yes. over a night of binging the show when we were 15. You really did. I had my robotic baby for a month. <laughs> anyway, um, so I remember I got obsessed with Victoria Justice. Briefly, that was very brief. And she um, performed on the Ellen show, and I'm just being like... Mum, what is this feeling I'm feeling? I just, I'm really happy for her. And mum was like, you're proud of her. And I was like, shut up. No, I'm not. Like, <laughs> no, that's no. odd. But then I was also just like, yay. Yeah, and then way. she went on to release really bad music and seems like she can't actually act a lot of the time. But Victorious um, is an excellent um, it's show. It's so good. We got Liz Gillies. We got Liz Gillies from that, to be fair. And Ariana. Seriously, I love Liz Gillies so much. Me too. I love her so much. Um, Sorry for that. No, I totally agree with you. It's... And it's like, how can you feel proud of people that you don't know? Yeah. But you do. And you feel like, yeah. I think I'm thinking about that a lot, like, in light of very recent events with, mm-hmm. like, Naya Rivera and just, like, um, how can you... It, it feels almost, like, wrong to feel anything because you, yeah. you, don't, you don't know who they are. But then, like, I've been thinking about it um, so much, like, just kind of examining it as a way to justify my own, like, feelings about the situation. Um, and... I think it like it is just like a one this one sided connection that you build, but it's still just as real to you as if it were yeah mutual absolutely. But people with anyone anyone that they admire and watch and um know I'm air quoting um you you know you do know a part of them and yeah. I think you know that particular part very 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 well. So when something like this does happen and that they are potentially gone, it's like. You feel you. I I was saying the other day, maybe even last night. I was like, I feel like I'm feeling grief, but it's, it's um, it's like a numb kind of grief, and it's like accelerated. Like yeah. each day, I'm kind of like, okay, like I like it's 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 better, but it's still there, and it's kind of like what you someone that is actually very close to someone would experience over the course of a year or whatever. Yeah. And it's interesting to feel that just as like a, a fan of someone to be like, you really do, you really do grieve them. And it's just different. It's such a different kind of grief and it would never compare to anything that anyone around them is feeling. But it's just, it's interesting how much we connect with people in that way. And it's it's always going to be one-sided. Mm-hmm. And that's just like what fame is. And then you just get into that whole tunnel of just like, how real is that? Like yeah. how real is what you and I feel? Exactly. And like when, when we feel like sadness for them. That is real sadness, but what is it founded on? Like, it's just, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like a whole spiral that you could go into. But yeah, it's <laughs> what you're saying about people feeling grief for things that he has gone through. Like, yeah, it's, it is like, it is someone you know. Like, it's happened to someone you know. And then that's exactly what it feels like. And especially when you've invested so much of your life and your time and, and your 
your emotions mm. into someone and you've kind of poured so much of yourself and what you think into these people who are never going to be able to negate that mm-hmm. and be like, Harry Styles be like, I'm actually a fucking dickhead. Like, yeah, you will never me. know that I'm yeah. actually the rudest person ever. He's not. His motto is treat people with kindness. Like, can we just say? But anyway, he could easily be a fucking asshole and just, mm-hmm. pre- like, just present to people that he's charming and nice and we would never know. I think we have... Um, <laughs> never know. I think we have gratitude as well. Like, you, you're saying that a lot of your development as a person has been founded on these people mm-hmm. so if something happens to them or um to, like to them themselves like it, it is a it's like a part of you and I feel like that would be extreme like in your case like it depends how much you have felt affected by something yeah. and especially stuff that does occur in your formative years like that connection is is quite strong mm-hmm. and I think it's stronger than maybe something we would make now if yeah, I for sure. if I saw a show and I made a connection at 23 maybe it wouldn't be as intense if someone passed away or experienced something as it was making a connection at 13 to 23. It wouldn't be so irrational. Like, yeah. I feel like the connection wouldn't be so, like, urgent and irrational yeah. and, and totally all-consuming at and 23. And you, you learned so much about them in those years and that's what, like, you. I think, yeah, I think the same thing that, I know this is obviously isn't a Glee podcast, so sorry if I keep bringing it up, it's <laughs> just on my mind a lot, um... But, like, the way that you followed One Direction's journey, because you got there pretty quick after they, Mm. like, first single. Yes, I did. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, I remember I was there for season, we watched the, we watched the season one finale of Glee live together. Yes, we did. So we were there pretty early, and then you watch them, they go on tour, and they do a new season, there's all of that press, there's all of that stuff, and you just, you're there for all of it. You see everything. Yeah, and you see their relationships, and what you're given, and it's just all of it, all of it, all of it, and then it's, like, a part of your life that you look back on, because... That's what I mean. We describe periods of our life like, oh, when I was in that phase. Yeah. So it's like two to three years where the only major identifier for those years for us is like the One Direction thing. Yeah. Or the Glee thing. And it's like, that's life. That's your life. And those are the people that were like in your life. They were mm. in your life. You just went in theirs. And it's just baffling. It is. And it's sad when something like this happens because, what well, can you, you can't do anything. And then it feels like we were saying yesterday, you feel silly. Yeah. And there's no reason to feel silly. There's no reason yeah. to feel um, like you're not, I suppose, entitled to feel sad or upset. Mm-hmm. But there's that, there's that little part of you that kind of rationalizes how you're feeling and like, oh, well, I don't know them. Mm. But it doesn't, you don't have to. Yeah, I think like I even feel like a rational fear. Like I've been online a lot these past couple of days, just like checking for updates and stuff like that. And like seeing um, like fans and stuff when they're like, oh my god, like, I'm up all night with anxiety and all this stuff, I, I get so angry, and I'm just like, shut up, like, this is, that's pathetic of you to tweet that, but then, maybe in my own experience, like, I have been dreaming about it, and, yeah. like, stuff like that, and I've been thinking about it, and talking about it, pretty much non-stop, and, like, I just, I'm just not tweeting it, yeah. and that's the difference, but I'm so angry that they yeah. tweeted it, because I'm like, it's not your mum, you. it's not yeah. your daughter, like, yeah, and it's just weird the things that you, like, the things that you make up in your head that are okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do, you do feel stupid, and I think that, like, right now is not a time to even be thinking about ourselves and with that particular, um, situation, but even just, like, with the wrong direction thing, I feel like you can sometimes even feel stupid just for, like, caring as much as you do. Oh, for sure. Because they're just not gonna, like, in any way, like, caring that they have a success or they for have sure. a girlfriend, or you're like, oh, I'm so happy for them. It's like, am I a dickhead? Seriously, <laughs> like... like so invested in every part of their like yeah. public life that yeah. you're like 
I've gotten a lot better with it as I got older. But when I was younger, I was just consume it all. Mm-hmm. Everything. Every article, everything that was written about them, I would just read it and read it and read it. Because I was like, I need to know. I want to know what's going on. Who's saying what? Who's that? Oh, my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. I remember literally being scarred for life by a picture of a girl straddling Harry Styles. Her name was Paige. Oh, my God. And I literally remember being scarred by that. And mm-hmm. I read that article and I was like, how did she? She? Okay. Because the whole thing that came out behind it was like... They were like, she was like with a frat boy or whatever, and they had taken the picture on purpose. And whether or not that story is true, I have no fucking idea. Why are you mad about it? Why were you mad? About I was scandalized because I was like, no, he's a good egg, and she's making him seem like he's not. So did you not even like to consider the fact that they would have sex? Oh no! <laughs> like in my head, that's I was very like, interesting. This is ridiculous. But then again, as an adult, heard an interview with Harry Styles where he was talking about sex, and he was like, the idea of anybody thinking that I had sex was. Mm. I couldn't do it. I remember you told me that. And I was like, oh my god, he was feeling that too. He was mm. like, oh my god, no. Because when I saw that, I remember thinking, oh, he's going to be so embarrassed. Yeah. And then I'm embarrassed because he's embarrassed. Wow. I know, he's going to be embarrassed by it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's done this. She's made him so embarrassed. And then even as I got older, older than that, <sighs> pictures of um, his mum's iCloud got leaked. And it's pictures of him and Kendall Jenner and they had dated. And they were on a yacht. And I remember thinking, this was at a big age, this was about 20, I remember thinking, he's going to be so embarrassed. I feel bad that he's going to be so violated. Seriously, I took on the stress and I was like, they're both going to be so embarrassed. It wasn't, I didn't hate Kendall Jenner as much as I hate Taylor Swift. I didn't hate Kendall Jenner at all. Because I was like, they're adults. Like, obviously, we're going to date. The only thing that changed was you were an adult. Literally, everything's fine. But I remember consciously... Feeling that shame and embarrassment and anger that someone had violated his mum's, wow. like, iCloud. Yeah. Yeah. But then still consuming the pictures. Yeah. And being like, oh my gosh, I love her bikini. She looks fab. <laughs> like, great pick. Yeah. Love it. I think I've done that before where, like, something that you completely disagree with on moral ground yeah. gets released, but you're like, but I have to see it because I, I love them. Literally. Like, and you just, that's like, I feel like, um, this is... This is not good. And people release like people's nudes and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. then sometimes, just even out of curiosity, I feel like it's very hard to be like. It's not in a way to sexualize and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like that exists now. Yeah. I remember searching it's for Justin Bieber's nudes <laughs> when they got that time that he's in Has the his, bush or something. His nudes come out. Yeah, I've seen them because I searched. <laughs> you went Google deep diving. I am gay, <laughs> and I searched for ju- and saw. I went and I saw. Oh my god! And I just afterwards I was like, good. Yep. Glad that I. Put the, I, and I think I was less concerned about it because I was like, he's a man. I think he knows he's being photographed. Doesn't actually look too worried. But at the same time, it's a complete violation of a person's privacy. I just don't care too much for him. Um, didn't have any kind of connection. So I just desperately was like, want to see. <laughs> Need to see. So, and then was like, great. And that was not obviously not out of any like sexuality or I didn't like him. I just was like, must see because they're here. <laughs> Wasn't there a Harry Styles? Yeah, I didn't want to bring it, it up because okay, so I've seen it too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That one's so sad because it's like a mirror. <laughs> obviously. But he's like, it's like, I remember panicking. Oh, it's really in my brain. <laughs> I'm seeing it. I didn't I'm know like, it was in there. I'm looking at you, but I'm seeing I, it. Yes. Wow. Your hair is static because I got flustered. Um, no, it was apparently in the X Factor bathrooms. His oh, pants like around his way. <laughs> a rushed, very rushed. I'm so sad. <laughs> Such a rush. He's like, oh, quick, gotta get on stage. It's so sad. Better pop these down. Okay, no, no. His 
his privacy was violated. Does it still exist? It doesn't exist anymore, does it? He didn't do it. If you Googled it, it oh, would come up. Does he? Probably just doesn't care. It's been on the internet forever. Like, you know when things, once something's on the internet, it's never well, I wouldn't be embarrassed if I was him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> but, far out. Because I remember, like, Ed Sheeran made a joke once in there. Someone was talking, again, hypersexualizing Harry Styles. And he was like, no, did you know how he released that picture himself? Did he? No, he was oh. just taking the piss. But everyone was like, ha, ah. Ed was like, really, he did. We didn't. You'd be so scared to ever send a nude to anyone. Oh my god, no. Oh my god, no. <laughs> Even just as a regular person, no. With the added stress of being a famous. Seriously. <laughs> and iCloud is so stressful, like, I... <laughs> Where is it? I don't even have iCloud because I get stressed. No. I'm just gonna hack it. I just get stressed. My photos will be shared with my mum. <laughs> well, once mine was, once mine was. I think you told me. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Mum, have you been looking at my photos? And she's like, No, but it was like opened up to a Snapchat of me saying something really inappropriate. And I was like, Yeah. And my notes and stuff. Oh my so God. she had all my baby names and stuff. <laughs> baby names. And she'd be like reading. I had a speech for your twenty first, and she'd like read it. Like, it was, she was on the page. You didn't do a speech in my phone. I had written it, but then we didn't ever did it. Oh, can you send it to me? It's gone. I what? Just, <laughs> I deleted it all, because I'm my, off my mum's iPad and off mine. Oh. Yeah, sorry. What would you, oh. I don't remember. It's really fast now. <laughs> um, that also just reminds anyway, me. Anyway, iCloud. <laughs> something also funny, unrelated, but you know when, um, you know when your phones are connected, like as the like, oh, iPhones are connected. God, yeah. I remember as a teen, I'd we'd constantly be downloading like Truth or Dare XX version, <laughs> and it would appear on my mother's yeah. phone. I think. Happened to me too. Yeah, and then I just would delete it off mine and be like, "No, <laughs> not on mine." I remember saying to my mom like, "I didn't download that," and she was like, "Just the way you buy." I did not. Like I, I, I didn't. <laughs> She's like, "You're the only one who has the iTunes password." I'm like. That wasn't me. Like, I think you've been hacked. She's <laughs> like, oh my god, really? Even now, as an adult, I can go, I think you've been hacked. Like, I bought the Harry Styles album online mm. on iTunes because I didn't want to listen to it at work. Yeah, but still be didn't have the CD. My mum's like, did you buy that? And I was like, yeah. But like, oh my gosh, you might have been hacked. I don't know. Because <laughs> the next day she's like, there's another charge for $20. And I was like, oh, wow, you've been hacked. That sucks. <laughs> Shit. What <laughs> me? It's like, no, iron slicker, like twenty dollars. <laughs> oh god. What else do you have in your notes? I just said my last thing. Oh, we've covered it. Yeah, because I, I was deleting stuff as I was going. Oh, cool. As an adult woman. As an adult, you are. It's easy to feel embarrassed by the things that we love or care about. Yeah. Or we did as a teenager. Yeah. But now. I'm like reading it back, wrote it in shorthand, so it makes no sense. Okay, so as an adult, it's easy to feel embarrassed about the things that you like liked as a teenager. Absolutely. But it was a very big part of who I was, who I am, and my daily self in life. What is to be embarrassed about something that brings you joy and like motivates you? You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason to be embarrassed about it. There isn't. I think you have it harder with One Direction because there is such a. (laughs) I don't even want to use the word stigma, but like, there is just a. Like. I think the only reason I would be, if I met a, a girl and she, just like a person and they really loved One Direction, I wouldn't judge them because of you. But had yeah. I not known you, I might just be like, oh, I think she's crazy. Yeah. Like I would probably, despite the fact that like I had the same thing slash have the same thing with multiple TV shows and stuff like that, it's like it's harder for you to be like, oh, I love One Direction. 
But yeah. also, it has gotten a bit better with all like the lesbians that are obsessed with Harry Styles oh, now. Everyone and, loves Harry Styles. Yeah. It, like, everyone loves Harry Styles. And so he's kind of made it a bit more um, digestible for yeah. people who originally were like... And now people like them because they think it's cool. Yeah. And they're like, I have a... A vintage Take Me Home shirt. Yeah, because like, it is. You. It's gonna... you literally bullied me for like three years. So that fuck sucks. you. That sucks. Like, don't be rude. Don't be nasty. You used to call them gay. Like, Aww. and that was an insult that people used to say. And I was like, hey, what does that even matter? Shut up. I was like, oh, fuck you. are so passionate. Seriously, I used to get so upset. I would be like, oh, what the hell? They're all gay. And I'm like, what, did, what would it even matter if they were? Shut up. Aww. I love him. He's <laughs> being so mean. But like, yeah, I'm literally gonna cry thinking about it. No, I get it. I do get it. I felt it just then, like the need to defend something and that brings you joy, and it is hard. Like I, <laughs> I like even just anything, anything. I remember being. I've been affected by people saying they don't like a band that I like is shit, and then it just makes me think like, are they? Yeah. But like even though I'm like, no, they're not. Like I enjoy I, them. Yeah, and then it makes you. It goes. I think it runs a little bit deeper. Like it makes you question your tastes, mm. your ideals, the things that you like outside of that, because you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, hey. What about me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do with my own style posters in my room now. Like, you know what I mean? It's just um, so stressful. It's just stressful. It's just so stressful. I just wondered, do you, so what do you think this Harry Styles thing is for you? Oh, it's a runoff from One Direction, for sure. I get the emotional. Under, he's super hot and he's super talented. I get all of that, for sure. It's and the, he's great. It's the emotional security again. Like, he'll never let me down. <laughs> he won't. He's a distant person to me. Do you think you would be disappointed, say, in the era that we're living in now, if, I can't imagine it happening, but if someone were to come forward and be like, I was oh my gosh, sexually I would. abused, or I was harassed, or something like he beat someone up, or just like... Yeah, I would be incredibly, incredibly disappointed. And I feel like, like that would shape you to I would Yeah, for sure, because... He hasn't been an expectation, but he's been like a, um, a, a like a threshold of mm. like, not threshold, I'm trying to think of the word. Not, yeah, not an expectation, but he's been like the, you know what I mean? There's the, so many hand gestures happening. Well, he's been the expectation for how people should be. Like, oh, he's mm, been like the benchmark. Yes, benchmark. Fuck, that's the word. I think I thought that when you made the bench this, looking. Yeah, yeah, I did a bench. For everyone who's wondering, I did a bench with my Harry Styles Met Gala Nails. They look the so fucking good. Thank Katie. you. They're kind of chipping, but... They look really great. Um, He's been the benchmark for just how people, like how I, my ideal person behaves. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's been a benchmark for men for me. Yes, all throughout his career... He's been cheeky, he's been funny, he's been sly. But then re-watching those interviews at the time, you're like, oh my gosh, he's so cheeky and so naughty. But he always deflected the answer. Like, mm. when I was re-watching, I was like, even at 18, he'd be like, ha, no, like, deflected it. But yeah. still played into the interviewers to be like, I'm giving you what you want, but yeah. I'm not bending on my morals. Like, I'm not bending smart. on what I think. And that was kind of the same across with all of them. And then, like, I remember this interview that I love, and anybody who likes One Direction has absolutely seen this interview. It's Harry and Niall in America. Mm. And someone said, do you ever play dibs? Like, do you ever call dibs? Oh, ew. And Harry goes, dibs? He goes, oh, no, we don't do that. We don't like to objectify women. And I remember at the time being like, <gasps> that's so hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> amazing. Literally at the time, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this man. I'm sweating at the thought. He was, like, 18, and I remember... That's just, incredible. He had the headphones on and a beanie, and I looked at him, and I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is the one. Also, that's disgusting for someone to ask. That was the question that used to get asked all the time. And you can see now that he just makes a face next to him. He's like... How do you I'm feel about, like, um, the fact that Liam does objectify women in his music? Is your love as strong for him? 
No. My disdain for him is coming across. But yeah. it's because of his awful, awful sexist music. He really... But then I think that... I don't know. He obviously, really I nice don't know. Him. Yeah, obviously, I don't know Liam Payne. I'm not under any illusions that I know him. But I think that when they went solo, each of them went solo, Liam and Louis wrote the majority of the One Direction songs. So they wrote the majority of them from probably... I think they had a bit to do with Take Me Home, but from 4 to Made in the AM. You'd think that Louis would have done better then. Well, Louis has done well. Oh, like, okay. Louis, in, especially in um, the UK. His new stuff sounds like Oasis. I really like it. I was listening yeah, to it lately, and I'm like, oh, it's actually really cool. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, he had a few terrible things, and oh, then I heard a few, and I was like, oh, this direction is better. Yeah, he, um, he has the most uh, Spotify listeners. Oh, Zane has the most, so monthly listeners. Harry doesn't. No, nah, Harry has the least. But Harry is, like, a but god among. I suppose his music's a bit more, like, niche. Yeah, okay. Like, it's not real so much pop music, whereas, like, Louis and Liam's That's is. That's true. I think so that's why I respect it. It was like Zayn, Louis, Liam, Niall, Harry. Damn. Niall surprised me, but Niall's is also... His is like acoustic-y... Yeah, folky kind of, yeah. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, I think that for Liam, when they broke up, it was kind of like... Oh, this sounds so mean, and I do like Liam. He kind of knew... Or he kind of perceived that he didn't have much going after that. Like, that... Being in the band, he even has, like, admitted that he took on the role of, like, I am the leader of this band. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll answer the interview questions. I'll make sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then Harry and Niall were, like, keeping the spirits up. And, like, Louis was feisty when he needed to be. And, like, mm-hmm. he was the one who stood up for them if something was wrong. And so they each had their own particular roles. And his was to be, like, the con- not the control, but to lead these other people. So when they broke up, it was a bit like, oh... What do I do? And I'm by myself. And then that kind of chance to create your own music. And he liked playing the pop music and so did all the others. But, um, yeah, he liked kind of playing that pop music. And then I think to in order to stay relevant, in order to stay like... So, yeah, he, yeah. You can just hear kind that. Of sweat, like, yeah, it just kind of made things that he thought people would want to hear. But it was so similar to the stuff that he'd been playing in One Direction that it was like, okay, like, that's mm. your style, that's fine. But it's... Not good. Like, it's not... Used to be in 1D, now I'm free. Yeah, like, what the... F- what do you mean? Like, what are you talking did that, about? Did that upset you in any way? That no, it made sense. Because they were trapped. They were trapped yeah, in okay. there for... Like, it is not normal no. for a band to be touring no. and making an album every single year. It was like five years, wasn't for it? five years. They were ta- They were making an album on the road. They had a bread van that was, like, padded yeah. that they would go and record in after they played, like, Sao Paulo or whatever. Like, in they, I hate that they were just, like, a, a money-making vehicle. Yeah, and insanity. Like, you want to capitalise on so that so badly that you don't... You don't believe in the patience of young consumers and no. you also don't believe in... What you're creating. Of, yeah, yeah, you don't believe in that and you don't believe in... They don't believe in... I think that is evident in the music. They didn't believe in its longevity, so they wrote songs that had no longevity. Like, a big chunk of them. Obviously, mm-hmm. the singles do. Um, but, like, I, like, all those songs that exist that aren't singles and yeah. that aren't well-known by people like me or whatever, they obviously didn't believe in that, so they were just kind of doing what they needed to do at the time, which brings down the quality of the music until they started writing. And it's just, like, they didn't really value their lives as no. people either. <laughs> like, lucky <laughs> that... I guess lucky that all that happened was Zane had a breakdown or whatever. And they didn't all have a breakdown. It literally breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, and to hear 
obviously I can see more about Harry since I've broken mm. up because i not broken up, gone on hiatus. Fucking <gasps> hell. Are they on a hiatus? They've been on, this is about a year hiatus, but it's turned into five, so they haven't broken up, so they're still together. I think they'll do another record. I reckon that they've got, I've told you my, my conspiracy, I think that they've got the Infinity video stashed somewhere and they're going to release that on the 23rd and they might have a compilation record of songs that they never released. And then that'll be it. They won't tour it. They'll just release oh, it. Oh, no, definitely. And they can't tour right now. They're a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've consumed more about Harry since they've broken up than any of the others, really. And then I'll follow him close after, but mostly Harry. And he kind of said that, like, when they went on a break, when they went on their hiatus, he was overwhelmed by the fact that he was actually able to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Because he was saying that, like, when you're in a group of five and then four, it's if you don't like the decision, you can kind of be like, well, I didn't choose it. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it. You can palm that off and be like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't really want that on the album, but it's three against one, so it was yeah. just there. Whereas when he was by himself, it was like, no, I am the decision maker, mm-hmm. and I am down, it's down to me what's going on this album, or what I'm going to wear, or yeah. what, how I'm going to talk, whatever. He dresses I, so fabulous. No. <laughs> and I think for him, and possibly Niall, like, that's empowering, whereas for Liam, possibly was, like, debilitating. and stuff. Like, yeah. what, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I can imagine it would be. When you've gone through your whole professional life as a group to then be like, oh, by yourself, do what you want. That's very interesting, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, Harry does dress amazingly. And as we said, I think that he's become a bit of a benchmark for um, men and femininity in men. And that kind of showing, like, it's okay. Mm. It's all right. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Go for it. His ambiguity is doing a lot of good. I love him so much. I, I, I kind of love him too. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to. It is. It I is think you really like Niall too if you gave him a chance. I, I find him funny and, and, and nice and Irish. Yeah. And that really just sums him up. Yeah. I've never had <laughs> my only, <laughs> this is so stupid, my only um beef with any member of One Direction is, <laughs> is I never liked Louis because I thought he couldn't sing, but him as a person quite funny. He's very funny. Um And Liam, just because he started... um releasing those songs yeah and i was just like oh this is um derivative and just like dribble yeah so maybe don't i oh what do you think about um him and show cole how do you feel about that that's just a bit strange but also each to their own they're adults it was just a bit strange that like she saw him when he was 14 and then like a couple of, not a couple of years after like how old is he now i don't know how's 26 maybe what 27 how old is I'm like three. So like yeah, ten years after that. Ten years after she saw the wow. first time as a fourteen year old was like, let's have a He baby. did he did look very different. Oh very different. And I think that he's um grew up very quickly when they kinda of got into the spotlight. I think that they all did, sadly. I think that they all did. <laughs> it's quite sad. But as Harry says, <laughs> I wouldn't be they wouldn't be where they are. They wouldn't be without able to be doing what they did without that kind yeah. of behind them, which is crazy and they did some amazing amazing things and that's very good for them they've said a lot of great records and stuff yeah 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 oh you look so happy (laughs) i love talking about one direction like truly is there anything else that you wanted to say before we not that i can think of just yeah i thought there would be so much more but there just isn't well i was just trying to think of like what i was like do i talk about specific events i was like no then i'll go forever because it was literally (laughs) 10 years of my life. Yeah. Um, 
and then I thought about like, talking about the concert, so then, like, it was a concert, like, the experience was immense, obviously, as it would be, like, I saw Five Souls and One Direction the same night, oh my god, I lost my shit, and then the next time it was Mick Busted, Five Souls <laughs> and One Direction, oh, I think my head really blew off my fucking shoulders, like, so yeah, I could have talked, could have talked more about that, but, um, just basically at the end of the day, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just got a very special place in my heart. <laughs> and it That's always insane. will. They, yeah, it always will. And each of them always will. And as cringy as that is for a 23-year-old woman, it's also just like me, lol. I don't think it's cringy. Yeah, at all. It's not cringy. Do you um, think that it will continue to affect your life going forward in any way? I'm trying not to let it. <laughs> so I had this conversation with a friend a few weeks ago where I was like, oh, I'm very much closing off. I'm doing it quite quickly and quite fast and it's starting to become a bit of an issue. <laughs> so I'm going to stop doing that. And then because I was doing that, I was like, oh, One Direction. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to close off so I'm going to watch um, 1D Day, hour one. They had a whole day, a whole 12 hours in One Direction. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I yeah. remember. We were on school holidays. Thank God. The amount of times I took school off to watch One Direction things is actually, don't tell my mum. It's very much illegal. But mum, I have a headache. Hee <laughs> hee. One Direction live stream on BBC Radio 1. <laughs> like... <laughs> Staying up till three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Um, yes. Try not to let, try not to fall back on that as a, um, crutch. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Check back with me in a couple of weeks. Oh, your eyes are so bright. I don't think it's done anything negative at all. <laughs> I just love talking about it. <laughs> it's a hobby of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good hobby. Thank you. I'm just looking at my Spotify page. It's like, what direction? <laughs> up all night. Deluxe edition. Deluxe edition. Anyway. Well, I guess we're done. We're done. That was the One Direction episode. If I think of something else, I'll probably bring it up in the next one. Yeah, we can always do a part two. I have so much in my head. So much information in my head. Um, Before we go, I do, again, just want to say that our thoughts are with Naya Rivera and her family and her little son and all her friends. And I hope, I really hope they find her soon. Um, I don't know what we're talking about next week. Mm -mm. So... You're for a surprise. So, so, yeah. I can't wait to decide. You'll be surprised and so will we. <laughs> we absolutely will. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to your news, Katie. To my news. This is my podcast. Katie <laughs> wouldn't want someone to say anything. <laughs> Bye. Bye.